episode 131 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom as always is my pal De Quincy. Hey guys, glad to have you back. Well DQ, it's over. It's finally over. Bill O'Brien is no longer the head coach of the Houston Texans and the Miami Marlins, as you say, devil magic has finally run out. But more importantly, the Houston Astros about an hour ago from when we're recording, have just punched their ticket to the American League Championship Series for the third year, fourth, third year in a row. And that's way more exciting than those two other topics, in my opinion. Fourth year in a row, sir. Even better. Yeah. Oh, I thought you had more to go. I'm sorry. Oh, no. (laughs) That's it. I felt like I'm sorry. That was a pregnant pause. I was like, "Is he going to keep going or what?" Sorry, I'm I'm not looking at you on Zoom. I spoiler note, people. When we turn on these Zoom things. I make sure Anthony's streaming. Then I bring up uh, Google Chrome and I'm searching other things. So uh, I did not see you, your facial expression to say stop. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. My, my go. Your go. Who go? It's your go. Uh, it's your go. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just finished wrap the game an hour ago. Uh, great series. Uh, I don't even know where to start, man. Where would you like to start? The offense. I mean, good Lord. Yeah, this, between this, this series and the series that's going on between the Rays and the Yankees, it's like these the Petco Park and Dodger Stadium got moved to the fucking moon. Yeah. And, you know, so I guess, yeah, the I guess the two – positives that we should talk about are definitely the offense and the bullpen and and with the offense you know they they said that the ball was carrying a lot more during those daytime games in dodger stadium and it was it was evident because balls were flying out of the ballpark left and right every damn hit that left the infield looked like it was going for a home run yeah I think the only one that didn't make it was the one we saw today in the seventh inning where, um, geez, I can't remember. Was it Tucker? Player. Yeah, Tucker made the yeah. catch like right at the wall. I couldn't, I couldn't remember who was the A's player who hit it. But yeah, he like, and, and he when, also, he, when he hit the ball, I thought it was gone. Mm-hmm. And Tucker, Tucker also hit one that went kind of deep and went to the warning track at least. And for a brief second, I thought this is going, this is, I think this was after that catch. It was like, maybe the eighth inning that it happened. I was like, holy cow, like he's, he's going to add on, but you know, it, you know, it didn't happen, but I mean, it, it sure looked like it was going out. Yeah. Oh, and even, else, even the, I want to talk about that Tucker route. He took to catch that ball. It was like yeah. under Hunter Pence never left us. He's right. been re he's not dead, but he's been reincarnated in Kyle Tucker. Cause Ooh, Lord, he looked like a chicken with his head cut off trying to get to that ball. And also um, the catch that Reddick made, I think in the fifth inning. 
Oh, uh, we robbed, robbed the it. home run. Yes. I mean, it was gone. It was it was a home run. But, you know, luckily, you know, he was there in time to rob it, you know, to, to catch it. But, you know, I mean, man, the balls were just flying this series. I seriously was starting to wonder if they had juiced the balls, you know, like they were the old 2007, 2017, 2018 balls where the home run record, which is crazy, because that's what it felt like in this series, not just with the Astros, but also what's going on in every other series. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy home runs. It definitely makes the game more exciting. What about you? Of course, man. I, I mean, you know, it, um, it, you know, it helps the game. I mean, even though it kind of pop, like stretches out the game, it still makes it go by quicker because you're seeing runs scored in bunches. Um, and it's just, it's more exciting. It's definitely more exciting. I'll be honest with you. I did not see this offensive production coming. I thought this series would have to be the same as the twin series where, yeah, the Astros would win, but it would, every game would be like that, that pitching, um, what we're looking for, just a pitcher's duel, everything three to one, four to two, something like that. And honestly, let, let me go through, scroll down. Like there was only one game that finished within three runs. And that was game two when Astros won five to two. Everything else, game one, Astros win by five. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. They had two games like that. Game three, the Astros lost by two. I'm sorry. And then today, the Astros win 11 to six. So and even they the close scores, but still the, the scores were, you know, they 16 runs in game three, uh, combined 17 today in game four. It was just cr- uh, crazy scoring output from both teams. It was. And, you know, we talked about this going into the series. Like, like who – I, you know, it's on record. I was not looking forward to playing Oakland in Same. this series because mm-hmm. they kicked our butts all year. And it's just amazing what the playoffs – what can happen in the playoffs. We dominated this series except for one inning. Basically, I mean, or what I mean is, there oh, was only I know what one, you mean. Inst- one instance mm-hmm. that that we weren't in control of this series, and it was in the middle of Game Three. Hold on, hold on, one more. <clears throat> Let me get my. St- I gotta get my Stephen A. Let my Stephen A. get in. Now, Anthony, you know I come on here and I root for everyone black. You know that. You know I love black people. You know I love. I believe black lives matter. All of the black lives, the gay, the straight, the trans, all of them. You know I love them. You know that, right, Anthony? However, I need Josh James off my baseball team immediately, expeditiously, (laughs) asexually, and seen. In sim. Well done. Well done. I could have sworn I was talking to the man himself. <laughs> but that um, that one see that one sequence, like he was lucky to get through that first inning he pitched. I don't know why Dusty brought him out for a second one, and it was obvious if you rewatch that, go pitch for pitch, and see where the the catcher 
lines up behind the plate and where he puts his glove and see where James's pitch actually ends up, it's obvious that he has no clue where the ball is going. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, for any of my uh, PlayStation fans, we used to play uh, MLB 2K6-7, uh, and your pitcher would get this confidence rattle. So when you try to throw the pitch, a little pitcher index would be just flying around the entire screen like he was on crack. It was like that. He could not locate to save his life, and that's been a problem for him going back to last season. Yeah, I mean, the stuff is electric, but there is just no control, and it cost us. I mean, it cost us a day, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and again, it was the only instance where this this series was not ours. Mm-hmm. You know. By you know, by the time you get him out of the game, you know we're trying to make a comeback, but it's you know the the momentum. Even as we get closer, even as we tie the game and get back in the game, the momentum is still Oakland's. It, it still is, and it, you know it was. It just wound up being you know their game mm-hmm. that one day. You know, ultimately, you know, we got through it and won this afternoon, which you know is. Uh, Best case scenario going, you know, after that. Um, but other than that, the offense was just unbelievable. And with the exception of Josh James, the bullpen was very strong. Christian Javier pitched very well today. Uh, Paredes pitched on game two, I believe. Game one and game two. Yeah. And did he not, he didn't pitch today? He did. Okay, I'm gonna so yeah. So every game he pitched, we won. Right. Uh, Blakely came out and looked good. And so, yeah, you know, like you said, it was a complete 180 from the last series against Minnesota. You know, tight pitching duels, low scoring games, and this series complete opposite. So. Now, going forward, my one concern at this point is Zach Greinke. Yes, and a valid concern. Uh, how many innings did he go today? What, five? Not even. I don't think he went the full five. You're right. Because he, he didn't get the win. I think he went four and a third. Four and two-thirds. Yep. Four and two-thirds, five hits, four earned runs for a, a beautiful 7.71 ERA. I mean, when you have, like, overpowering stuff like Verlander and um, Cole have, when you make mistakes, you you can get away with it. But that's not something that Greeky has. I mean, his fastball average is about 89, 90 miles an hour per now. So when he makes mistakes and he's not as precise as he normally is, those mistakes end up 500 feet away from home plate. And I don't know. We, we still don't know, know what is up with his arm, except I believe the only news that came out was that it's nothing structural. Mm-hmm. So I hope he can take these next. Let's see. First game one is what? Sunday? Sunday. 
Sunday, so he probably won't pitch until like game three. So he probably like six days off. So hopefully he can rest up and you know get that arm working like it was at the beginning of the season and not you know his last five starts where his ERA is hovering around six. Yeah. And you know, also like he's been doing this thing this year where he's like he's literally giving the pitches. Yeah, like, he's calling his pitches. <laughs> Just before the first home run against Loriano that put him up 3-0, he, he put up two, he put up the two sign, you mm-hmm. know, the peace sign, telling the catcher and essentially Loriano, this is the pitch I'm going with. You know, and obviously they're coded. You know, two is not uh, two fingers is not the same for every pitcher, obviously. But I don't know, he just the, the Loriano read it perfectly because he crushed it. Mm-hmm. And again, you know. The wind and all—I mean, the, the the ballpark definitely. You know, I mean, no, um, you know, I'm not gonna take away credit from Loriano because that was he crushed it because it was a perfect pitch and he he hit it perfectly. But I mean, he sent it 450 feet, and if you don't have your control perfectly, you can't pull that. You, you know, even even Zach Greinke, you can't do that. Especially during during the playoffs of all times, yeah, playoffs. Uh, I was I didn't get to watch the game until about the sixth inning. That's when I got home, and so I got the MLB at bat update where it said Loriano. Oh no, Gricky called his pitch and Loriano sent it to the moon or something like that. I'm like, and like when I read that and it was three zero, I. I was in Target. I wanted to be like you, fucking idiot! Please stop doing that. But, you know, Grinky is Grinky. He's going to do what he, he does. He, you know, all the cliche marches to be his own drum, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that stuff is a hell of a lot easier to swallow when you win the game. Yeah. But it still, you know, raises cause for concern. Yeah. Um, and, all, and frankly, um, like, It's uh, frankly, I I am, I'm okay with the decision. Aside from the Josh James decision, I'm okay with uh, Lance starting game one, mm-hmm. Framber starting game two, and Urquidy pitched yesterday. You know, for game three, I, I, you know these guys, the way they pitched in the first round, and Grinky also didn't pitch very well in the first in the first round either. So. You know, while it's it's great to have a, a veteran anchor like a Grinky when Verlander is not available, I think if, if your young guns are, are pitching better than him, you got to go with the hot hands. And if something is hurting, let the coaching staff know. Exactly. Like, he didn't tell anyone about this until, what, two days ago, I believe? What, Tuesday? And it's like, hey, we would like to know this maybe, like, a week ago, week and a half ago, so we can start some treatment. You don't have to tough it out, man. Let's get this shit fixed. Yeah. You know, it's like you have to put your pride, bef- you know, aside and, and mm-hmm. you know, you got to think about the team. Especially if, you, you know, if you want that World Series ring, you got to Got to put it aside, man, and you got to do what's right for the team. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry. I, I'm watching the Tampa Bay Yank, uh, New York game, and a commercial just came up for Thursday Night Football, and I'm like, oh, today's Thursday. Like, how much yeah. football? How much? How many Thursday Night Football games have you watched this year? None. Me neither. Uh, it just feels. Uh, I'm well, sorry, last week was, Last week was what Jacksonville and Miami, I think. Was Jacksonville? My, I feel like the Jets were involved here somewhere. I know Jacksonville played because all the AEW guys were there watching the game. I think. Ah. But uh, yeah, yeah, Jacksonville last week, and like I'm interested in this game, this Chicago, Tampa game, but like I still don't know if I'm gonna like settle down and, and watch it. We'll see. I don't know, but. Uh, I just turned the channel. And the first thing that we see is a um, commercial for the WWE draft. Oh yeah, so, it starts tomorrow, Friday night. Yeah. You know, good on Fox for promoting the hell out of WWE. Get all your money's worth. Uh, sorry, we got a little football in our baseball. Um, so, right, yeah, crossover. <laughs> so currently, the Yankees are. Up in game four, two to one. The, Down Ra- in the series, yeah, one. yeah. The Rays lead the series two to one. So, mm-hmm. who are you more afraid of? I'm gonna say Tampa. Really? Yeah, because the way our guys pitched, I don't know about the matchups against an offense like Tampa. That's not. That you know, obviously they like I, I haven't been following their their roster, but they don't have Aaron Judge, they don't have Giancarlo Stanton in their lineup. I don't think they have anybody close to that to those levels. But if you have guys that can, if this team is good enough to be the number one seed in the American League without a Stanton or a Judge or a Springer uh, or a Trout, then it clearly shows that that their offense is a well-rounded offense, some uh, a team that hits for contact, hits maybe for average. And I think that puts a lot more pressure on the pitching staff to have those kinds of matchups where, sure, you're taking a risk facing Judge and Stanton and guys like that, power hitters who could crush the ball 500 feet. But I think it's tougher if you have to face a lineup you know, uh, one through nine, that's going to give you fits. And, you know, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm going to learn from my hesitation. I'm going to, I'm not going to be as uh, nervous as I was going into the o- Oakland series because of how we played. Um, but I'm going to temper my expect, I'm going to temper my reservations because I feel like we can still be either team. But I feel like Tampa would give us more fits at this point. Tampa is full of guys that every time they come up, it's like, oh, God, not this guy again. This is a bunch of no-name guys who are going to grind out every at-bat. And like, how many Tampa Bay Rays can you name, not name Charlie Morton? Uh, I No, I think there's uh, Ibar, no. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, are you just throwing names out there? <laughs> I had somebody on my fantasy team from them for this year. 
Um, well, how'd you do in your fantasy team? Oh, 11th. 11th out of 12th. Uh, Not last. Willie, so. Willie, yeah, Willie Adamas. That's the only, and the only reason why I know him is because he was – I picked him up for a few weeks. Yeah. But, you know, looking at the lineup tonight, I recognize the names, but I don't know them as well as a Judge or Stanton or Gardner mm-hmm. or even a Torres, you know, Glaber Torres, who, you know, was a prospect phenom, you know, phenom prospect two years ago. Yeah, the two guys I recognize in the lineup off the bat are um, those are the, I don't even know his first guy's name. Kevin, Kevin Kiermeyer, who's like their gold glove uh, center fielder. And then Chi Man Choi. Yeah. Well, I, I heard him his name yesterday because he hit a home run uh, in game three yesterday on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, and I was just turning off the, the game as they were switching over. So that's the only reason why I heard his name. Fat first baseman, always good love for me as a former fat first baseman. <laughs> as former first baseman, not former fat. Um, so you're more worried about the Rays and Yankees and everything you say makes total sense. Um, and you didn't even get to talk about their pitching. Charlie Morton's had a bad year, but they still have an ace and, and snail uh I'm beginning the rest of their um, rotation right now. Snell and Morton and and Snell, uh, Morton, Glassnow, and this guy pitching tonight, Ryan uh, Yarborough. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's taken on one of the most home run hitting his teams. In, um, in Major League Baseball, and he's held them to two runs through four innings. So he's he's unwell. So the Yankees are trotting out Jordan Montgomery tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I've never even heard of him going into this season. Obviously, they have Garrett Cole, former Astro, for, you know, highest paid pitcher in baseball, ace, you know, pitched lights out this year. And Masahiro Tanaka, who is a veteran been there done that with the Yankees um but you know after that it's like Britain and Chapman are at the end of that bullpen and if you can get to the to the pitching before them then you're in good shape yeah you you can get to Britain because he's been he hasn't been that lights out closer that he was in Baltimore mm-hmm and Chapman hasn't. Yeah, we Chapman, we've seen Chapman's history against Houston, right? And also this year, I mean, he he missed most of the season with COVID, mm-hmm. and when he came when he came on, he wasn't the Chapman of Alton. He wasn't lights out immediately. You know, he definitely struggled um, at the beginning of his you know of his time back on the roster. But again, you know, playoffs are different. You know, pitchers turn it on a different notch. And, you know, uh, you know, I think it was game one, the Astros game one, they were talking. Uh, I think it was, you know, they quoted Dusty Baker saying, you know, a 60-game season, you know, most players need 60 games just to kind of get used to the season, like to kind of really, you know, get it going. So, yeah, and that's not a regular season, not a 
this right. topsy-turvy season where spring training was like three weeks. Right. So if you look at the way the, the offense hit this series, the Astros offense hit this series, mm-hmm. they were hitting in midseason form, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, what we've seen, we've grown accustomed to being midseason form. And, you know, it's roughly 60 games later. So it makes sense. Um, so a guy like Chapman, someone like Britton could possibly turn it on in the play, you know, now in the playoffs, but um, I'm still not as worried about that team overall as I would be Tampa. Okay. But uh, at the same time, I, still, I feel like we could beat either me, one. You know, yeah. Me, I don't. <laughs> We saw last year in the playoffs, both of these teams took us to the edge of elimination. So mm-hmm. I feel like personally, this may not make sense to you, but I feel like if we were to lose to the Yankees, it would just be because we got out hit and we just got beat up. But if we lose to the Rays, it'd be just like a, bun- a bunch of little mistakes that would haunt me for the entire offseason. Sure. Be- because and we- there's a possibility the Rays- of pitched. Yeah, the racing like they're ones they're for years they've been team like we do the little things great fundamentals. You're not gonna you're gonna have to beat us. We're not gonna beat ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I can't say the same thing about the Yankees. The Yankees will make mistakes like we saw with the A's in this series. So I think I'm with you. I think I'm a little bit more more fearful of the Rays than the Yankees. Yeah, no, I, that's cool. Yeah, no, I get it. I hear that. One of my coworkers at work, he's from New York, so he's a huge Yankees fan. And oh, I was, yeah, I was talking shit to him today about, you know, they lose today, they're out. And even if the Astros lose, they can still play on Friday. But if Tampa Bay comes back and wins this game, oh, he's going to hear about it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the uh, National League. So, like you said earlier, RIP Mar- Marlins Devil Magic. For the first time in franchise history, the Marlins lose a playoff series. And honestly, they lost it decisively. Yeah, they got swept. Was there any game that they were even close in? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Today, they lost 7-0. to Yeah, I and that's the only score that I've actually that I paid attention to. I mean, as soon as the Astros games were over, I turned it off and you know went and did something else. Okay, so game game one, the Braves won nine to five. Game two, they won two to zero, and then today seven zero. Like I said, so game two, Uh, it feels like I feel about the Marlins the same way I feel about the um, the White Sox. You're, it's good for you to guys get to this playoff experience because mm-hmm. you have a lot of young guys in your team. But honestly, you're probably here a year too early. And in the Marlins case, in possibly two years. Yeah. And, you know, uh, not jumping too far ahead, I think mm-hmm. the same could be said for the Padres. If you look at that series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're down 0-2. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Atlanta – it's like they're always going to be in it somehow, even if, you know, they, you know, there's a few, obviously there's been a few down years, but it's like that team is usually pretty good. 
and you know they they're like the they're like the ultimate homegrown team you know like they've been doing that for decades now at this point yeah homegrown and also smart trades um <laughs> they're just annoying to me it's like you're just playing a nice little baseball scene like ah brains where the fuck you come from right. i mean they've got a, a good young pitching staff uh, gosh, I mean, Mark Melanson and Josh Tomlin look like the oldest guys on the pitching staff at 35. Oh, Darren O'Day, 37. But, I mean, Max Fried has finally turned around. I mean, he's finally uh, fulfilling his potential. He, he came from San Diego. Um, he was a prospect for a long time over there. Um, actually, I couldn't name any of these other guys really yeah, but, they, they lost their their one ace at the beginning of the season and i cannot remember his name right now Fultonevich? no he tore no, his uh, uh, yeah, you know uh, he tore his achilles like at the beginning of the season oh, why can i not find okay there there are some braves sorry let me look up the, the roster there wasn't three and of course i gotta change the the pitchers thing the uh, innings because he did not pitch that far Dude, you talk. I'm looking for this guy and I can't find him. This is so annoying. I'll find it real quick. I think. What is his name? Oh, man. Wait wait a second. Oh, uh, Mike Soroka. There you go. Michael Soroka. Thank you. I just remembered. He only pitched three innings and, yeah, he tore his Achilles. And I'll be honest, I thought they were done then. Mm hmm. But because they, they surprised Soroka me. Down, Soroka went down and Fultonevich was ineffective. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I believe they designated him as well. Right after his first start of the season, he was done. Yeah, he only pitched three and a third inning. Max Fried might win the American League or the National League Cy Young. I mean, he went seven and oh, two and a quarter ERA. Uh, I mean, solid numbers all you know across the board. 1.90 whip, you know, that's, that's a solid guy to have. And um, clearly the, the anchor of the staff at this point. I don't really have too much to say about the Braves. It's just annoyingly good. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and look at that lineup. I mean, uh, you know, Dansby Swanson, Marcelo Zuna, Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman, uh, Travis Denard, who. Acuna. Yeah, uh, was I mean the guy hit three twenty one this year at catcher. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Hakuna. I thought you were, uh, you were that you're making a, a Lion King reference. For some no, no. I, this is the first time I've watched Hakuna on like a daily basis, and I didn't know he he had that huge thirteen chain. Oh really? And yeah, he's out there hitting, and like they had he like slid into home plate, and the. Uh, Whoever had the broadcast, they show a replay of it in slow mode, and that 13 was just dangling. And I was like, I like him. <laughs> like that boy. That boy good. Him and Sodor, they're going to be fun to watch competing for MVPs. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of uh, the Braves, uh, do you think they win the East again next year if we have a normal baseball season? Uh, normal baseball season, I think 
They let me look real quick. Cause you have to figure they're still gonna be good. The Marlins are young but still hungry. The Mets, we don't know what that new ownership is going on. The Nationals, kind of getting old. Kind, yeah, getting old. The pitching, at least. Yeah, Scherzer was good but not great this year, and Strasburg. I believe he had carpal tunnel syndrome and had had mm-hmm. surgery for that. And then the Phillies, I have no idea. They're looking for a general manager, but. I think the. The uh, Phillies are going are like the Red Sox. A lot of money tied up into a couple of guys and nothing to show for it. Yeah. So I think, I think that division is currently for Atlanta's taking still, I think. Um, I think with Soroka, if Soroka comes back healthy next year, if Fulton Evich turns it over, gets back to 2019 form next year, the way Fried pitched this year, I think that's a solid, you know, top three of your rotation. Um, I think you have more faith in Fulton Evich than I, did, than I do. I honestly see in like his future as a closer. Mm-hmm. Because the way he pitched, it's like like um, the Astros and Josh James. Mm-hmm. Like when he's on, he's on. But when he doesn't know where the ball's going, it is a problem. Yeah, I mean, and Washington, you know, uh, aside from the now twenty-one-year-old Juan Soto mm-hmm. uh, and Victor Robles, like you know, and that's crazy. And Trey Turner, <laughs> you know, the rest of the guys are. Definitely um, older or are just kind of filler at this point. I mean, you've got three really good young guys in Trey Turner, Victor Robles, and Juan Soto. But everybody else is kind of expendable. They got Brock Holt. Wasn't he your favorite player at one point? At least the name. The name. Yeah. Yeah. He's been around Pittsburgh, Boston. He has had trip. Um, Anything you want to say about the Marlins? You know, I'm really so I'm, I'm very surprised that they made it to the playoffs. I, I, the way that, you know, they got ravaged by COVID at the start of the, like at the start of the year of the season, I was like, man, that's, I, I thought, I wouldn't be surprised if baseball just disqualified them. Say, hey, you know what? You guys just go home. You can't get out of control. Just get the hell out of here. And, man, I mean, they, you know, made it to the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's impressive. I'm playing the same game. Can you name three players on the uh, Marlins? Well, I am looking at the roster. Ah, you sides. cheating bum. Yeah. Um, but not a lot of guys are recognized. Uh, and, there is, and the guys I do recognize are journeymen. Mm-hmm. Louis, Luis Brinson, Brinson, Corey Dickerson, Matt Joyce. I mean, Miguel Rojas. Yeah. Every time I see Brian Anderson, I think of Brady Anderson. It makes me oh, yeah. mad that he hit them 50 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no way! 
But once again, the uh, the biggest anomaly in, mm-hmm. in baseball history, perhaps. Uh, if you by anomaly you mean obvious cheating, yeah. <laughs> um, once again, just like every other time, the Marlins have made a run in the playoffs. They're going to be bolstered by their pitching. Sandy Alcantara, Al- Al- Alcantara, Alcantara. Sorry, Pablo Lopez and Sixto Sanchez. Great name. Yeah. And those guys are young, young. Mm. Uh, Sandy's the oldest at 25. Lopez is 20, 24. And Sanchez is only 22. And looking at these guys, it just makes me like, you know, I'm going with the Marlins. Yeah. It's one of the bigger what ifs, you know, still around. You know, that, that it's hard to ask, but. It, you're only human, and it's hard not to ask at the same time. Yeah. You know, what if uh, Jose Fernandez was still alive? Yeah. I was stalling because when he, I forgot his name. <laughs> when he yeah. died, he was only 22. And that was what? 40. Really? Yeah. Hold on. He was really that? Oh, hold on. I got to check this. You know, you might be right because I, I know that hurts you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it did, but, but yeah, he was only. That cannot be. Twenty-four. Oh, twenty-four. Twenty-four, but still, would be in the prime, the absolute. He'd prime. be twenty. Oh, we say he'd be in the prime, but there's no way um, Miami would have held on to him. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm sad. He'd be thirty years old right now. No, nah, he'd be twenty-eight. He died four years ago. Four years ago, yeah, that's right. Twenty-eight. You're right. You're right. I was looking at the year he died. I, yeah, no, I got you. Um, yeah, I mean, again, a what if that's hard to ask and hard not to, you know, it's hard not to at the same time. Let's get off this. Let's let's bring the podcast back up. Let's move yeah. on to the National League uh, series. So again, Hot. you know yeah, go the. Ahead. Um, you mentioned the Marlins maybe being a year or two too early to the dance. Mm-hmm. I think the same is probably true for San Diego. I mean, you know, they're down 0-2 to the Dodgers. We'll probably lose tonight. Um, or at least lose the series. I mean, you're down 0-2 against that Dodger team, and it's, it's pretty much over. But um, – I mean, this is a young team that's going to make some noise in a year or two. Yeah, and they got their ace. Just like half the bat. Man, if he was healthy, you talk about Mike Clevenger. If he was mm-hmm. healthy, how would this? How different would this series look? I think it'd be. I think it'd be a lot closer. I think it'd be. I think they would might take. I think they might take. LA to the limit in this series. But, you know, I don't know too much about the pitching aside from Clevenger, but that offense is, it's another, it's sort of patched together, but it's working. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr. obviously is the centerpiece. He's the future. He's the present and the future for that offense. He's, you know, the Mayana, the, the, the straw that stirs the drink. And you still got Manny Machado, who mm-hmm. 
is young, just entering his prime. Uh, Hosmer, who's been around and, you know, has, we know what he's done in the past. And yes. he, if, Sorry to interrupt, but there's something like I, I just want, I was just thinking about when you were talking about Tatis and we were talking about, um, uh, what's his name, Acuna, and I brought up Santo. I wish Major League Baseball would do a better job of promoting their Hispanic players. Yeah. Because these guys, and then Vlad like, Guerrero Jr. Yeah. Um, Carlos Correa, uh, Francisco Lindor, like across the league, you got these talented, multilingual, handsome talented men and it's like you like i really wish that you guys would do a better job of promoting them yeah i mean but like it just makes no sense how baseball it makes no sense how baseball just like it's it basically presents itself as a game for 40 and 50 year old white dudes when you have all this young multi-cultural talent in the game right now well well, I agree that there's a lot of missed opportunities culturally. Mm-hmm. I think it just speaks to a broader problem that baseball has in general. And and speaking as Hispanic, you know, yeah, there's there's a lot of great young Hispanic players that that they're not capitalizing on. But at the same time, they're not even capitalizing on their white players. Mike Trout is the biggest is the best player in the last, what, 30 years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he's still not a mega star. He, I mean, he's, he's the biggest star in baseball, maybe, but he's not, he's probably not even a top 10, one of the top 10 biggest stars in sports, in, Amer- in American sports. And if he is, he's barely cracking top 10 in terms of notoriety. And part of it is he's on a bad team. Um, you know, he, uh, Bryce Harper, you know, a lot of hype, you know, has that potential, has shown flashes of it, has, and part of it is his fault that he hasn't lived up to, he hasn't fully lived up to the hype. But even still, you know, he's, there, there's marketability there, and they, they barely touch him either. You know, it's. I just can't figure out if Major League Baseball doesn't know how to do it or just doesn't want to do it. Right. Like you're a multi-billion dollar industry and every sport can market their players better than you. And it makes no sense. Like we don't even see football players, you know, we don't see their face. They're behind helmets all the time. And JJ Watt has a better market share than um, Mike Trout. And that's Mm -hmm. crazy. Aaron Rodgers is a better, better market share. Patrick Mahomes and mm. Patrick Mahomes has only been around for two years. Uh, you know, and and here's the craziest thing: what do they say? What's the one thing that that kind of is synonymous with football? I think, or in my mind, is kind of synonymous with football. It, it's or that I've heard get thrown around a lot. It's about the shield. The shield comes before everything. And yet they still do a better job of marketing their players. Like the way they've done things, the way they've operated, clearly the shield comes before all, but they're still kicking baseball's butts in terms of getting their players out there, 
you know, getting that exposure, creating those stars that that kids look up to, that uh, advertisers want to do business mm-hmm. with. You know, that I mean, I, I agree with you 100. percent The Shield is the brand in NFL, and what the NFL has figured out is the Shield is the brand. And it needs money. So what we're going to do is put these people out here and everything that we can get them out there (laughs) and make money and build on their popularity. And for some reason, NFL can do this. NBA can do this. But baseball just stinks. Just can't. Yeah. And especially when when you have so many marketable guys, you know, and in more than just the English market, you know, the bilingual market is there. Um, you know, and even if you want to keep it, even if you want to, uh, and there's nothing wrong with maintaining some, you know, some of those traditions. And if you want to do that, you got the next Mickey Mantle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have literally the next Mickey Mantle that people for years have been have been calling him that. And Mickey Mantle is, is one of the most beloved you know, white, not just white, but just one of the most beloved baseball players of all time. Yes, and you need you need to build up your popularity and show your stars off so kids can watch the game, get interested in the game, and play it, and basically they're that filler system into the league. Otherwise, all the best athletes are going to watch football, basketball and hell even soccer soccer's on the rise right now and they're going to other sports so you're going to get less you know less athletic uh players the game's going to get worse and it's like why why are you doing this like i know you're all money hungry bastards you want every dollar you can that's why you're doing everything you can to shut down the minor leagues i get that but there's like no foresight mm-hmm and like it's like the owners like I'm gonna get the money for this year and next year and whatever happens after that I'll get to it when I get to it, and there's right. no plan like how can we grow the game and within the next five years, ten years, fifteen years, really? and it just seems like their plan is like well we're just we're gonna do what we always do and that's I've said this before in this podcast kids. Listen, if you're at a job and someone says, we do this because it's the way that we always do it, it is a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know who learned that the hard way? Newspapers. Yeah. What are those? Yeah. You should never do things the same way you were doing them 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And and looking at at Trout and Harper, Mm -hmm. I've only seen them. I was trying to, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen them in in a commercial. The only commercials I've seen them are for Gatorade. Like, that's it. But come on, man. I mean, there's so many other markets out there. There's so many other products that these guys could be, you know, pushing that it's like. Yo, honestly, when was, when was the last cool baseball player? Was it Ken Griffey Jr.? I, that was the first, that was the only name that, we, that came to mind. <laughs> Seriously, that's the King Griffey Jr. Maybe Ichiro. <laughs> I even feel Ichiro was like in select markets. Mm-hmm. King Griffey Jr. was just cool all over from 
you know, from east to west, north to south. I can't think of any well, baseball player that everybody would be like, oh, yeah, that guy, is, he, he's cool. I'd hang Jeter. out with him. And because, you know, he was the captain of the New York Yankees, the women, you know, the winning. You know, Man, it, I don't know. It, I feel like more people would say he's boring more than interesting. And I don't know. That's on purpose. I'm, I'm There's saying, a lot of Derek Jeter that he keeps to himself. Right. But there's still there was still enough out there to like keep people interested. You know, he again, the winning, the women, uh being the captain of the most popular or the most recognizable one or two most recognizable sports franchises in the world um i think there was a certain there was a certain level of interest in him but i could be wrong i don't know but that's just kind of my opinion but i feel like what in terms of we're saying what you're saying what we're saying is like jeter was cool because of all the stuff around him what he did while king griffey jr was just cool because he was cool Yes, absolutely. If that's what you're saying, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But that to me is like, if you're cool because of other stuff, are you really cool? Like for me, Griffey is just naturally cool. Like, yeah, the kid. Billy, Billy D. Williams, cool, you know? Yes, Lando. Yeah. Damn, I don't even know where the hell we were. I interrupt you talking about the Latino players. <laughs> Well, I was just saying that, you know, the only commercials I've seen baseball players in are Trout and Harper, mm-hmm. which is art. But the only time I've seen the only commercials that I've seen them in are for Gatorade. Last commercial I saw, I think I can't remember if it was the beginning of this season or last season. It was a bunch of the young guys like uh, Trout, Correa, uh, Francisco Lindor, I think Harper was in too. It was an MLB commercial where basically the tagline was let the young kids kids play do you remember that they were like sitting in front of a press conference like yeah talking about all this stuff i think what's judge i think judge was in that too they were talking about i'm gonna hit like it was back and forth between i think it was judge and i want to say acuna where they were like i'll hit 50 home runs 60 70 80 and like they were just like talking shit as much as you could on a mlb oh produced commercial the last the last commercial that i saw a baseball player in Mm -hmm. was pete alonzo from the Mets. What commercial was he in? It was anti-internet bullying campaign. Uh, two thoughts. That is a valid and worthwhile commercial that he should have done. And two, yes. that's not remotely cool. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Last commercial I saw today was an Aaron Judge commercial for um, Jersey oh, Mike's. Oh, uh, Jersey Mike's. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're getting they playing the hell out of that one. And actually, I was watching the game with my dad, and mm-hmm. he loved that commercial. One is it the he, one where he was doing the uh, New York accents? No, uh, the guy was asking him uh, uh, if they were friends, or they were they were debating like uh, the name of the sandwich, the Judge Special, or something. Judge yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. But that's what we are, Jersey Mike's, which is like what the third or fourth biggest sandwich 
third or fourth biggest, but the best Jesus. in my opinion. Oh, really? Yes. I never had them. I've had Subway, of course, and Slosky's. Slosky's was okay. Jersey Mike's is, I would say, on average, two to three dollars more than than uh, uh, Subway. Subway. Oh, they're, Mike Trout's been in Subway commercials, hasn't long, he? Although, although, I don't. You might be mistaken for JJ Watt, but uh, going to Google. Uh, come, come on, they they look they look similar. Uh, maybe a few inches in height difference, but. Very similar features. Uh, but with Jersey Mike's, uh, okay, so their foot long or their large sandwich, whatever. <laughs> that was back in 2013. <laughs> oh my God. That's that was, I uh, 2013 to 2016. Good. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So, and then they, so that means they said, oh, uh, we've had uh, enough. Yeah. 2016, two, 2013 to 2016. And then they said, we've had enough. It's like We're good. He's in the height of his powers, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's at least one MVP in between there. Several. You still there? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, I went, I was coughing. I hit my chest and I accidentally pulled out my um, wire to my headphones. I'm like, oh no, Anthony's gone. Never to be seen again. Let me check to make sure. Okay. According to work. Um, We've talked about everything but the Dodgers. I have nothing interesting to say about the Dodgers. They're like the um the Death Star, just the Imperial Empire, just marching to victory. They're the, they're the West Coast Yankees. Yeah, they, they bought everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, they they paid for the best, probably the best roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know. They should win this. They should sweep this series against San Diego. Um, they probably should sweep Atlanta. I mean, at this point, I think you know it's it's just a uh, it's just a matter of how many games the Dodgers want to want to stick around until they get to the, to the World Series. And aren't they playing in um, Arlington right now? Uh, I believe so. You know, one thing that's going to be different about the next series for the Astros, I mean. What's up? They're actually going to get night games. That's right. (laughs) Man, yeah, like, you know, I've had to, you know, we've talked about it many times, but I've been fortunate enough to be able to watch the games while I'm at home because I'm working from home. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I feel bad for everybody who doesn't have that, didn't have that luxury at this, you know, for this series because it was a damn good series. Yeah, I've and, been watching them at work through some helpful streams. Mm-hmm. I hear that, but uh, you know, so it, it'll it'll be nice you know it'll one it'll let me concentrate on work mm. for the whole day uh which will be nice um and uh you know too it, it just gives you know gives the team the full exposure that that they've earned this season yeah and gives everybody every fan 
the opportunity to uh, to catch him. Okay. I tell you, it's been kind of quiet on Twitter. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah, all them Astro haters that were chirping during the regular season are kind of <laughs> quiet right now. Uh huh. Ooh, I think Lou Voigt just got another one. Is it nope warning track? Sorry for that interruption. Bottom of the sixth inning, Yankees still up two to one on the Tampa Bay Rays. Man, anything else that you want baseball wise you talk about? Uh, no, because I want to save predictions until we know who Mm -hmm. we're playing. Um, you know, I. I'm, I'm going to be a homer the of rest course. of the way. Um, I want stop now. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, I want to, I still want to wait and see, you know, who we eventually play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll be playing the next series at Petco Park. Drive up to San Diego. All right, man. I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else baseball-wise I want to talk to you about. I think I, I did everything. That's a little long-ass conversation. Oh, did you uh, did you listen to the last podcast? I didn't. I didn't oh, get a chance to. Disappointing. What happened? I put music on. We got intro and outro music. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I'll check it out before. <laughs> yeah. Or just after this. I'll, I'll... That, oh, that music was girlfriend approved because... I finally I went onto YouTube and found some of their license free, the royalty free music, and I was jamming through. And she heard one and was like, "Oh, I like that one." I was like, "You do? All right." Oh, very cool. Yeah, I was like, "I am not." Um, Excellent. One thing I want to do, like, I would like to get our friends involved and do like a Zoom podcast where we get to talk about the Astros after every game, but. Mm-hmm. Man, let's try and coordinate something for the World Series. Mm. All right, if we can get everybody on, that'd be great. By everybody, I mean like two people because I don't know who to ask. <laughs> <laughs> like, who would you ask? I'm the uh, John, John, maybe other John. Uh, no, because he doesn't watch baseball. Oh, well, other John, you just became other, other John. <laughs> uh, um, our friend, uh, mine and John's friend, Rory, Rory, mm-hmm. uh, played fantasy. Ba- I was in his fantasy baseball league this year and he's a big Astros fan. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And, uh, our friend Robert as well. We've played softball with him and yes. uh, he's also, also an Astros fan. Yes. You go reach out to these people. Damn it. I want you to go reach out and go ask these people to jump on. Okay. I'll do that. You're, I feel like you're better with uh, the personal stuff than I am. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just going to say, hey, we're doing this. <laughs> just send him a Facebook. Hey, we're <laughs> yeah. doing this. The Zoom opens at such a time. Be there. Be, squ- or be square. Don't say anything you wouldn't want your mother to hear. <laughs> right. Or work. Yes. Oh, then we should, I should be more careful because I say all kinds of off the wall stuff. My job. <laughs> All right. Um, 
end of the show. Thank you for listening, subscribing. Um, if you can, to do two things for us. Share this. We want more listeners. We finally broke the, what I say, 1,500 download. Ver- Sweet. Uh, oof. Was that a home run? Uh, Yankees just hit a two-run home run. Glaber Torres. Ooh. Sorry. So, like I said, uh, share, subscribe, and uh, give us a review. Always enjoy five, five stars. Give us all five stars. If you give us less than that, we just assume you're a hater. <laughs> and that's it. Um, I don't know when our next podcast is going to be, but Maybe we can uh, talk about the WWE draft. All right. Yeah. By the time we get back on, um, night one will be done. And mm-hmm. I'm on vacation for this upcoming week. So I'll have time to do oh, it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's the girlfriend's birthday on Tuesday. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. We'd be going out, but you know, Rona. I gotcha. All right. Well. If you are looking for something to do mm-hmm. in a socially distant manner, mm-hmm. masks are required. Mm-hmm. I am spinning records this Sunday afternoon for brunch in Midtown at the Red Dwarf on uh, McGowan Street. Uh, I'll be spinning records from 12 p.m., 12 noon to 3 p.m. Is that a kid friendly atmosphere? I don't think so, actually. Oh, yeah, no. Nope. Dang it. Dang it. Damn, we hit that way to help it. All right. Um, so Anthony said this Sunday he'll be on the ones and twos for your brunch. Come get some waffles, some mimosas, and get down with the boogie down. Let's try. All right. For Anthony, I am De Quincy. Later, babies.